Welcome to the Train With Abs podcast where I talk about everything fitness, nutrition, mindset, health, mental health, business, you name it, we talk about it. I'm going to be releasing a new episode every single Monday so make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to it depending what your viewing is on so that you can make sure to never miss an episode. You probably will know me from my Instagram, which is abs underscore eats with three S's. I have my YouTube and TikTok as well if you want to head over and follow those if you don't already. And my business, Train With Abs, which has its own Instagram account with that handle as well. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. Any suggestions I'm always happy to take. Just feel free to message me them on Instagram and enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. First of all, I just want to start by saying thank you all for the podcast love recently. Really love seeing it on you guys' stories and just sharing it with me and I'm really, really happy that it is helpful. So this is an exciting podcast for me because it is the last one before I'm off on my travels, fingers crossed, as long as I don't have COVID within the next day or so uh, for pretty much all of February. But I am planning on recording small podcasts, hopefully in advance so that I can still get them up for you guys because obviously I'm not going to take my microphone with me. Um, but I will still be working so fingers crossed I can still upload on Mondays um, even whilst I'm away. So today I thought I would talk about protein. Obviously I'm assuming most people have at least heard of it or know what it is or know the basic functions. I think we all do. It's probably something that you learn even in food tech when they give you the eat well plate. So I think we're all accustomed to what it is and kind of that it's important especially if you exercise etc but I thought we could do a bit more of a deep dive on it I want to go through first of all what it is function importance of it how much to have that's obviously something that can be up for debate timing so when the hell do you actually need to have your protein is there a right or wrong way sources as well different sources of protein protein quality how important are all these things so hopefully you can gain some nuggets of knowledge (laughs) nuggets of knowledge I like that um about protein and implement some of this into your own training or even if it just gives you a bit of encouragement to make more effort with your protein because you know I know myself I have to force it a bit I don't think I ever wake up like oh I really fancy some chicken breast you know or any kind of sources of protein to be honest it's kind of something that I have to make the effort to do um but there is good reason for doing so so that's what I'm going to go through today so what is protein? So proteins are essentially molecules, oh, molecules, molecules, there we go, um, that are made up of chains of amino acids. That probably doesn't mean much to a lot of people, but I will talk a bit more about amino acids later on. So just kind of remember that. Essentially, there's a load of amino acids that um, are made up together, which create a protein, a protein molecule. So what do they do in its most basic function? It helps the body to repair cells and to develop new ones. So obviously, I know I'm going to be talking about it more in terms of relating to people who train who do resistance training or even just exercise but protein is important for everyone to eat especially children teens as they're growing up pregnant women um, everyone really because it helps you to grow and repair cells which is obviously really really important there are also some other functions as well of protein that can be really useful uh, satiety is a big one so typically protein is a bit slower to digest than things like maybe carbohydrates so often if you've got a diet that is higher in protein you feel more full throughout the day you don't necessarily get quite as hungry as you would if you were just having maybe quick release carbs um, another one is obviously recovery from exercise so that kind of does link to repairing cells and and developing cells but 
obviously if you have a really low intake of protein and then maybe you switch to a higher intake of protein you'll probably find that you don't get DOMS as much so DOMS is delayed onset muscle soreness so basically when you're aching after working out um, you'll probably find that you are just feeling better recovered a lot more quickly so your sessions probably go a bit better um, you may find that you actually see adaptations to your muscles a bit more quickly so if you're aiming for muscle growth if you've got a higher proportion of protein that you're trying to have then that's a big one and also um if even if you're dieting you know to retain muscle mass having a higher intake of protein is really really useful so quite a few different functions there's more than that but those are kind of the main ones really that are most important to talk about so how much protein should you have this is up for debate and so the recommended daily intake for someone is around 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight every day um so that's a reasonable amount but it's not particularly high you know if you think for example if someone weighed um, 60 kilograms then that would they would have an intake of less than 60 grams of protein per day um, which really isn't a lot actually I'm just gonna do that on my calculator right now so say someone was 60 kilograms that'd be 48 grams of protein per day which really isn't a lot um, but that's kind of minimum and suggested minimum for anyone so even if someone has never exercised does never exercise they in theory should have at least that much to be healthy and I think it's difficult with these like recommended daily intake things because it is kind of a bit subjective and um, there's lots of factors that come into play so and they don't also necessarily consider people who are active so how much do people have who do resistance training or who are very active how much protein is it recommended that they have so most studies suggest that we should aim for like a minimum of around 1.4 to 1.6 grams per kilogram of body weight per day so if we use the same example someone is 60 kilograms and they were aiming for 1.6 grams of protein per day then um or 1.1.6 grams per kilogram body weight per day then that would be about 96 grams so already we've pretty much doubled what the suggested intake is so that's the suggestion for people who are resistance training so most of us. Um, I normally aim for a little bit higher than this, but I think you have to be flexible on that, which I'll come to in a second. Um, if you are in a calorie deficit, though, there are other studies that suggest you probably need more protein than you would do otherwise, which is a bit tricky because if you think about it, if you've got, say, 500 less calories that you're eating per day, but you're aiming for more protein than you were previously, it can be really hard to make that adjustment and fit that into your diet. So supposedly to offset the potential loss of lean body mass, so kind of meaning that you don't lose muscle mass when you are dieting, some studies suggest that you need an intake of a range as high as 2.3 to 3 0.1 grams per kilogram of body weight which is obviously a lot so if we use that example of 3.1 grams um, for someone that is 60 kilograms that's 186 grams of protein per day which I would argue is a lot um, especially for females but yeah essentially the idea is that if you are dieting you probably need more protein than you would do otherwise but I think you have to take all these as guidelines and it's all very well having what is optimal but if it's not achievable for someone there's no point in having it that way so for example um lots of my clients are vegan if i told them to eat 2.3 to 3.1 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day it would not first of all not be easy for them at all also um maybe not even necessarily possible to do that and stick within the calorie range that they're given due to kind of the sources that they have available to them the sources of protein that they have available to them typically not always but for a lot of sources um or vegan sources of protein 
they you need to have more calories to get the same amount of protein in if that makes sense so say for example they aiming for 20 grams of protein probably you could do that using lower calories if you're getting it from animal sources versus from plant-based sources so it's really difficult to do that also a bit miserable if you're literally spending your whole day just trying to figure out how the hell you're going to get in all that protein so normally depending on the person depending on the diet I normally set anywhere between 1.5 to kind of 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight and it depends some people have higher than that some people their protein is way higher than I asked them to and they naturally have a lot some people really really struggle and I think you need to be adapted to that and there's again no point setting targets that you know you literally cannot hit so a bit of flexibility is needed but the idea is you probably need a bit more than is recommended just for normal people if you are exercising and there's not really too much of a downside from doing that however a common question is can you have too much protein and again I would argue in some respects yes I don't think it's going to kill you if you have more protein than you know than you have done previously but there are things like digestive issues often um, actually one of my girls at the moment has been having issues with her stomach with her digestion and one of the things we looked at was okay well maybe let's bring down your protein a bit because she was very easily exceeding her target and getting in a lot of protein she's pretty petite so you know that was a big change to make and that seemed to somewhat have helped and it's the same with anything you can have too much of a good thing and it depends on the person some people have a lot more of a sensitive digestive system than others some people have IBS etc so again it may not be appropriate for that person to have 2.3 to 3.1 grams of protein per kilogram body weight whereas someone else might have that easily so I think it depends I think it also depends on your calorie range because obviously if someone's having way higher calories then it's going to be way easier for them to get in more protein because it's a smaller proportion of their overall calories so say someone was aiming for 140 grams of protein per day it's going to be a hell of a lot easier for the person on 3,000 calories than the person on 2,000 calories so that's also something to take into consideration although as I said it's suggested that if you're in a deficit then you may need to kind of try and increase your protein but it just needs to be realistic Um, and I think if anyone listening to this is maybe coaches personal trainers or even just setting your own targets if you know that you or your client struggles with getting in protein there is nothing really bad that's going to happen from taking down the goals of something lower and slowly building it up and that's a lot more realistic a lot of the time they're kind of going like right well you have to get in 180 grams of protein per day and that's all you know so that's kind of one way to look at it and also it could be argued that after a certain amount of time you don't really get these added benefits of having more and more and more protein because with time your body will start to try and use the protein as energy um, and it's a lot more efficient for it to kind of get that from carbs and some fat sources so you can have too much of a good thing with anything and the other argument that I would make is that you still need to prioritize getting in your carbs and your fats so for example if you were in a a calorie deficit and you try to up your protein to 2.3 to 3.1 grams per kilogram of body weight you may find there's really not enough room left for enough carbs and fats and as we know they both play a really important role especially as females you don't want to be under eating on your healthy fats because you don't want to be having any hormone problems you don't want to increase the chances of you maybe losing your period or messing up your menstrual cycle especially if you're in a calorie deficit same with carbs I think a common thing is for everyone to cut out carbs as soon as they start dieting and then they wonder why they've got absolutely no energy so I think it's just something to use as a guideline as I said um, and really if you're seeing anywhere between the 1.5 to 2.5 three four gram mark that's fantastic 
So those are some things to consider. Um, and with targets as well, though, I do, although I said, you know, make it realistic, which you do want to do. Um, sometimes, though, some people benefit from having a slightly higher target because then they'll aim for that. And even if they fall slightly short of it, they've still got in a really good amount of protein. Whereas if they're aiming for a low amount, then they may end up kind of shooting under that and then having not enough protein for their needs. So I yeah you just have to be flexible with it you have to consider what's right for you or for the person and that's going to be different for everyone so timings of protein when do you have your protein do you need to down a protein shake as soon as you leave the gym or not um so there have been quite a few studies that show that consuming pre and post or or post-workout protein does help um, and it can cause a significant rise in muscle protein synthesis, which I'll come to in a second. So essentially the studies are saying it does help to have that protein before your workout or after your workout or both. I would argue that it's not always the best plan of action to have a load of protein before a workout. As I said earlier, it is uh, typically a bit slower to digest and makes you feel a bit more full than something like some quick carbs. So obviously if you are having a snack just you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes before your workout and you have a hell of a load of protein, you're probably gonna feel really sick throughout your whole workout and just not enjoy it. So what I normally suggest to my clients is a source of carbs before their workout and a source of carbs and protein after their workout. That way you don't normally feel really sick during the workout, um, but you're still getting that benefit from having the protein afterwards so as long as you're having it kind of around your training you may find that you can have protein before and you feel fine and you feel good if you are eating a while before you train then I think having a source of protein before is great to pair it with some carbs have some slower release energy keep your blood sugar nice and stable um, maybe even a little bit of fats in there as well and that's fine but obviously if you're eating kind of more of a pre-workout snack you're eating very close to when you're working out and there's not too much time for digestion I wouldn't go crazy on the protein pre-workout so I mentioned about causing a rise in muscle protein synthesis so what the hell is that you may ask um so basically the definition that you get of it is the metabolic process that describes the incorporation of amino acids into bound skeletal muscle proteins abs what the hell does that mean is probably what you're thinking right now um so basically a more broken down explanation and basic explanation of what that means is that when you have muscle damage caused by intense exercise it's repaired by the protein um and this process opposes muscle protein breakdown which occurs during exercise so essentially when you're doing your weights workout or even some other workouts as well you your body's kind of breaking down the muscles or muscle protein um, and then muscle protein synthesis is doing the opposite of this to try and build your muscles back up so they're kind of getting destroyed a little bit and then they get better bigger stronger make those adaptations so this is what you want to get stronger this is what you want to build muscle this is what you want even just to recover from a, a tough session you know how it feels when your recovery is a bit off and you are barely able to walk or sit on the toilet for like three days after a workout we don't want that we want good recovery so muscle protein synthesis for all these kind of processes is really important and it's suggested that around 25 grams of a complete protein is enough to stimulate muscle protein synthesis so it doesn't even have to be be anything huge um, a really common misconception that I want to cover in this podcast while we're talking about protein is the age-old question of if I eat more than 25 or 30 grams of protein I heard it doesn't get absorbed everything that you eat all the protein that you eat does get absorbed but where I think that's come from is people getting confused with absorption and muscle protein synthesis so if you are eating say let's say 50 grams of protein in one go all of that will be absorbed 
into your body and potentially used for different things and then obviously parts of it will get moved into waste excreted you you know it goes out at the end of the day um so that is what happens it will all get absorbed but how much of that will be used for muscle protein synthesis is it may not be the whole 50 grams it may be a smaller proportion of that so maybe like 30 grams 25 grams so that's where the confusion comes in so yes your body absorbs it all it will probably use it for something even just energy but um, for muscle protein synthesis it may be that a slightly smaller amount than what you eat is used so that would suggest that maybe kind of having feedings of protein regularly throughout the day smaller feedings regularly throughout the day may help with spikes of muscle protein synthesis so say you were gonna have i'm gonna do something that i can do mass really quickly with in my head hopefully um so say you were aiming for 150 grams of protein per day so it would be suggested that instead of having three meals of 50 grams of protein you may be slightly better to break that up into smaller feedings of maybe 25 grams like several times throughout the day so six times throughout the day rather than three bigger feedings um so yeah that's kind of what it is suggested not that anything bad's going to happen or that you're not necessarily going to build muscle if you have all your protein in less meals but it's just if you really wanted to optimize muscle protein synthesis then supposedly if you can have regular feedings of protein throughout the day maybe six times a day rather than three that may be more beneficial um so obviously, as I said, it's there's been proven to be benefits in having pre slash post workout protein. Um, but some studies do suggest that there's no need to consume protein like less than an hour, an hour after training. So straight after, um, which is fair enough. And that's kind of pretty much agreed across the board but it's also been proven that there's no advantage to consuming nothing after a workout and in some cases this can disadvantage performance and recovery so essentially what that means is if you finish your workout and you have nothing then there's not any added benefit from you having nothing whereas if you finish your workout and relatively soon after you have maybe a source of protein and also a source of carbs to replenish those glycogen stores which are depleted during your workout that's probably going to give you a benefit so it's kind of a bit of a, a why not situation you know unless you really didn't want to eat protein and you had some huge aversion to having protein post-workout it's not going to harm you from doing it and it probably is going to be likely to be more beneficial than harmful even if just for having slightly better recovery so that for your session the next day you're feeling a bit more prepared for it so there's not really a reason to not have protein post-workout but there kind of is a reason to have protein post-workout um so there's also been some suggestions that positive effects of consuming protein post-workout are greater in those with previous resistance training experience so essentially what that means is if you have been resistance training for a while, you're not a complete newbie, then probably for you to consume protein post-workout, it's going to be a bit more important for you to do that than for someone that has only just started resistance training. So again, why not? There's not going to necessarily be any negatives to having protein post-workout, but there could be negatives to not having it or at least there's no positive advantage to not having protein after your workout so that's kind of timings just to kind of summarize that because I know I spoke about a lot if you can have protein post-workout then it's going to be more of a help than a hindrance I would also argue to have it alongside some carbs but this is a, a protein podcast um, and then also if you are resistance training and you have been resistance training for a while then probably even more important for you to be having your protein post-workout and then finally muscle protein synthesis 
photosynthesis if you can try and have regular feedings of protein throughout the day then that may be more helpful for you than not so a lot of this is kind of this has been proven or they can prove um one side of it so like i said there's no they've been able to prove that there's no advantage to having nothing after a workout then isn't necessarily a disadvantage but it's like why wouldn't you have it if it's going to potentially help you so sources of protein obviously we have many different sources of protein and studies have also suggested that protein quality is really important um and what is protein quality it doesn't mean kind of whether the food is expensive or not um it just means the ability of the protein source to provide you enough essential amino acids for protein synthesis so we have several key essential amino acids that we kind of need especially if we're trying to aim to build muscle or have good repair and repair these cells and etc get stronger get fitter whatever your aim is and whatever you're particularly using your protein for um so there are things called complete and incomplete sources of protein so complete sources of protein have all these amino acids that we need incomplete sources are normally missing a couple of these amino acids um you can get around that though by pairing incomplete sources but that's where it gets a little bit more tricky so what are complete sources of protein most animal products are complete sources of protein so things like meat fish eggs dairy if you are a meat eater and you can have dairy and all that jazz then it's pretty easy for you you know that some really great sources are things like obviously chicken um greek yogurt is a great one if you don't mind the taste like i said eggs is a really easy one fish you know you don't really have to think about it grab a source of animal protein and it's very very easy for you to get in a complete source and as i said complete sources tend to be better for muscle protein synthesis and just better protein quality which obviously probably means that the impact of the protein that you're having is going to be greater and more positive than if you're having an incomplete source um some vegan sources or complete sources of protein are things like quinoa and soy so if you can get your hands on those those are great i know some people have soy allergies though or they um find that too much soy irritates their stomach so obviously you're not just going to live off quinoa and soy as like your um complete sources so a lot of other things are incomplete sources so things like nuts seeds um other non-animal sources so maybe things like um, whole grains so they provide you with some protein but it's just not a complete source because it doesn't have all the amino acids that you need or want um so as i said before what you can do is pair together incomplete sources to make them complete so um that means kind of there'll be some say you've got two sources one of them is missing two of these amino acids the other one's missing three they have the ones that the other one's missing pair them together you have all the amino acids that you would have in a complete source so um one kind of good pairing of incomplete sources would be to pair something that's nut based with something that's whole grain based so for example something as simple as peanut butter on whole wheat toast or whole wheat bread so it doesn't have to be a it sounds a lot more complicated than it is you know once you kind of understand the sources and how to pair them then it is a lot more simple and you know how hard is it to make a, a peanut butter toast bread thing um not very difficult but i think it's just getting your head around it and understanding which ones go with which to make a complete source so that is one thing to think about if you are only getting your protein from non-animal sources absolutely fine it's not that you can't get in protein it's just you come across a few more hurdles like trying to pair sources so that you make them complete rather than only having incomplete sources so that you are getting the full benefit and also as i said earlier typically it's just a bit more difficult to get in 
the same amount of protein as you would be able to from animal sources for the same calories but if you can work around these things there's no reason why you can't reach your protein or desired protein intake through good quality protein sources as a vegan or dairy free or anything but it's just you have to obviously put in a bit more effort than those who do eat animal sources so hopefully that kind of makes sense um and hopefully you've enjoyed this deep dive into protein hopefully you've learned a thing or two just remember it's the same with everything I think I say this in every podcast but the answer to most things is always it depends so some of these things are pretty um easy basic rules to to follow which will be helpful so for example try and have a source of protein after your workout try and have protein regularly throughout the day these aren't difficult things to follow and I would focus on those more than getting caught up or too caught up in oh my god I'm having 1.9 grams per kilogram of body weight rather than 1.8 or something like that you know it really doesn't matter too much as long as you're getting in enough and you'll be able to make adjustments based on your body if you find that you're having too much protein for your digestive system to handle bring it down a bit if you feel like your recovery is pretty bad and you're not seeing the results you want and you could increase your protein increase it a bit see what works for you but follow these things as a guideline and you'll be well on your way so thank you very much for listening to this podcast look forward to hopefully seeing you next week as long as i can get it all uploaded from um wherever i am at this time next week (laughs) and have a fantastic week Thanks for listening to this podcast. I'll be back with another episode next Monday. Please remember to subscribe to it and like it if you enjoyed and want to make sure that you don't miss another episode. And remember to follow me on my social media channels. I will leave the link to all of them in the description. 